Lord of the Rings, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, and all the stuff that makes you cool. Join the discussion at thesciencefictionary.com. to the science fiction area for the show where we will cover everything sci-fi fantasy uh superheroes in the uh, world of fandom and we are glad to have you with us and i am daniel peoples and joining me today are andrew hello everybody and marisha hey and david hey everybody all right and um uh, uh, for the people listening y'all probably have heard us our other show Coruscant Radio Underground, where we cover the world of Star Wars, and uh, we've all been on there at one time or another. Um, for all ten of you listening right now, you've probably heard us on there. But that's <laughs> what we're the, gonna <laughs> yeah, for the tens of yeah, fans gonna, out there. <laughs> right, we're gonna try to uh, cover a broader range of subjects on this show. We hope to get it out every week, also, um, and we should have a, a primer episode up along with this one, uh, where we you can kind of hear us talk about. Uh, what things in the world of fandom really interest us. We all kind of have a different range of things we're really fans of. Um, but so we, we will all you, talk about all of it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Even if we're completely uneducated. Yes. <laughs> don't worry. We'll give our opinions anyway. <laughs> That's right. It's we, like we politics in America. We do not lack for, uh, for opinions around here. No, so, we but, don't. Uh, anyway. No, there, there's a lot of things going on right now. So we've... We've got some things to try to cover, and uh, the the one movie in theaters right now that kind of has some interest. This is Birds of Prey, and none of us have even had a chance to see it yet. But there is a lot of information out there as far as what the critics thinks and the fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to let David kind of start with this one and, and just give us his thoughts on things he's been hearing about the movie and what kind of interest he's got. All right, thank you. So when they first announced this movie, I had absolute zero interest in it other than looking at nice pictures of margot robbie and i didn't actually want to go see the movie though um but then the trailer dropped and it actually looked pretty good uh ian mcgregor as black mask looks amazing i've heard that he's probably the best part of the movie him and margot robbie well there's a Um, shock yeah (laughs) the best part of something yeah, exactly how I feel. So I had no real interest, and so I wasn't rushing to the theaters to see it. But the trailer did interest me, but I still wasn't super excited. And um, uh, fans are really saying that this is a pretty good movie, that it's um, definitely up there as one of the best DC movies, and well, the DCEU movies that have been made. If it even isn't the DCEU anymore, who knows? Who cares? <laughs> I kind of want to see it now actually yeah. just because of all the things people are saying about it and that it's a pretty weird movie and i like weird movies and i want to see what they did with it it did not do very well at the box office at all yeah um i don't know if it necessarily bombed like i don't know if it like did if it made negative money but um didn't do what they wanted at all it's, it's the lowest opening of any dc movie yet Wow. Okay. It is disappointing. But I kind of wanted to point out on that whole thing, like, 
because I was I was kind of having some conversations on Twitter with some people about that, and one, you know, it's kind of it's a sequel to kind of a mediocre movie. I mean, it's not bad. It's not great. So in sequels to mediocre movies, very rarely just kill at the box office. But the other problem with this movie is despite some hype from the people that have seen it, I went to the movie last weekend to see 1917. Now it's a, it's up against so many movies that are still in theaters, including uh, the rise of Skywalker is still in theaters. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jumanji is still in theaters Parasite is still in theaters, 1917, and the list just goes on and on of great movies that came out in December and January that are still sitting there. I don't think that's helping it. It may not necessarily suffer as much from being a bad movie as there are so many really good movies. I mean, we went to the movies last weekend. I wasn't going to take my kids to see Birds of Prey, so we went to see Star Wars again. Yeah, I mean, right. it's, you know, Frozen is still there, and, you know, it just... I don't know. It, it was an uphill battle to launch it against all those movies. Mm-hmm. And But talking about it being a sequel to a mediocre movie, but it's not so much to me a sequel as it is a, it's a continuation of one of the character's stories. And by the way, the most popular character in that movie. Like Margot Robbie has a large following as an actress. Harley Quinn has a large following as a character. There was potential there for this to do better than Suicide Squad. And they did, you know, from the trailers and the marketing, they did try to distance it from Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it surprises me for that to perhaps be an issue. Yeah. But, and I am interested in seeing it. Some of these characters are really interesting comic characters. And, and David knows Cassandra Kane is my favorite Batgirl. Yeah. And that character's in this film. Now, just from... What we've seen so far, I'm not sure how, what her characterization is like in this movie or even how big a role she has, but these are still some popular characters. People are interested in Black Canary, especially since there were two right. or three different versions of Canaries in the Green Arrow. Right. The problem is, though, watching the trailers, there is no indication, really, who these characters are. They just kind of look right. like... They focus, that- they focus on Harley... I didn't just see a ton of marketing for Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, compared to, for example, uh, Star Wars, you know, I mean, there uh-huh. were trailers for for Rise of Skywalker. Like every time you blinked, it was another Star Wars trailer. But yeah, I mean, I only saw. I mean, I, I could probably count on one hand the number of trailers that I just saw. Now, of course, we don't have cable or satellite, but still a lot of things, you know, come across, you know, when you're watching Hulu, I mean, usually we get, we're inundated with, with trailers and I just mm-hmm. didn't, you know, I didn't see a lot of just talking. I didn't see a lot of people talking about it on social media. Um, it just wasn't nearly as, it was like, oh, is that a thing? I didn't even it realize really it was a thing. Yeah, it really did. I had no idea it was coming out when it came out until right. my dad, Daniel, the, the texted me and said, Hey, you want to go see birds of prey? I'm like, Oh, it's out. Like I didn't even know. Yeah. Until, yeah. until he pointed that out to me. A few of us have a chance to see that. And we can talk this weekend or next week. And we can talk, we can talk about it on the next show. So, yeah. but other than that, the, uh, big movie news, Joaquin Phoenix yeah. this weekend won an Oscar 
for a comic book film, and he is the second actor to now win an Oscar for portraying Joker. How crazy uh, is that? It's really yeah. odd. You're talking about one of the greatest villains That's true. out there. I mean, and I mean, and he is right. definitely a top notch. At you know. Whenever you get yeah, somebody the, that talented to portray a, a villain that iconic, but, that, but that's the thing. I mean, that's the that's the real secret of Batman is that he's got the best rogues gallery of any comic. But book seriously, here. have any yeah. other comic book movies ever even been nominated for best actor for any any of them ever? And Not that two the best people actor, I don't think so. And that two people of one playing Joker is definitely yeah. notable. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I, and that's I really been the that's really been the the. You just hit on the on the combination. Two great actors, two of the best actors of their generation. Yeah. And one of the best comic book villains, much less characters ever created. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's worked for them twice. And of course you had Jack Nicholson betraying once before, which is also very well thought of, even mm-hmm. though there was no Oscar for that one. The Joaquin Phoenix interview I saw where he mentioned that ever since Jack Nicholson portrayed the Joker and Batman 89, that's why it's such a, a big draw for these super talented actors. Joaquin Phoenix does not make many movies. Not anymore, no. Not anymore. He, he is very particular about his scripts and, and his characters that he plays. And and I think, and he commented that ever since Jack Nicholson played that character and then Heath Ledger, that it's, it's this role that only the best actors are, are striving for and, and, and are, and are going to get. Right. Which just just makes it perfect, Oscar bait, especially with what the movie was and mm-hmm. the tone of it. It was, um, and I I don't discount any movie for being this, but it was definitely an Oscar bait kind of movie. It really is an examination of a person's psyche. Mm-hmm. Like it could have been, it didn't need to be about the Joker. It could have been about just anybody else, any other character created for the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was an examination of of a person's spiral into madness. Mm-hmm. That's what that movie is. No, nope, that's another one I hadn't gotten a chance to see. Uh, it's part of the problem uh, with uh, you know living in a town with a theater with four screens. Right. I right. saw when I when I saw that movie, there was an empty space to my right, and immediately across the empty space was an, a lady older than me. I guess she was in her 60s. Um, and there is a the climatic moment in that film where, where Robert De Niro's character is interviewing uh-huh. Joker. And then David knows the moment I'm talking about, and I won't spoil it, but when that moment happens, she audibly screamed out loud. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. the whole theater jumped in that moment for me, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I jumped. I was like, oh my, it was just so impactful and so, yeah, it it really was. It was a a great movie. Like it was a, a just the art of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It it did the job. That, that was a very well made movie. Um, and like I said, just an examination of somebody's spiral down into madness, which was what was so intriguing about it. Like I said, it didn't have to be Joker. Joaquin Phoenix's performance. He does uh, crazy that, about so, like nobody else. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me and a friend of mine were talking about him today. He said, I just don't like him. He said, ever since Gladiator, I can't watch right. him. I said, well, yeah, but that's what he's good at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the point of that character, Gladiator, was to make you hate him. And yeah. now he said, well, I do. 
<laughs> make you make you hate him and make you squirm a little bit. Yeah, man. Like I was a teenager when I saw Gladiator, and I remember being like, I think I'm a little afraid of somebody who can play evil that convincingly. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I think I think we might should be a little worried about him. Does that mean if you ran into Ian McDermott at a con, you'd just run the other I'd way? Be like, bye. <laughs> uh-uh. You're not Ian McDermott. You're the emperor. We know you. <laughs> you can't fool us. You're the one pulling the strings. <laughs> you were way too good at acting like a guy who was bad but was pretending to be good. Yes. Right? See? Mm-hmm. That's what you're like, doing now. We Exactly. You just look like you're being friendly and taking pictures. Mm-hmm. We all know. We all know. <laughs> but Joaquin Phoenix, very well-deserved Oscar for that movie. Uh, some shows I've been looking forward to, and I know David's been looking forward to one of these in particular. Uh, these two shows debuted on Netflix uh, here in the last couple of months. The first one was The Witcher, yeah, and the second one being Lock and Key. We have. And I know I started with David one time before, but I really got to get David's thoughts on Witcher because huge fan of the video games. I know you were really looking forward to this one, and what did you think of the show? This was my most anticipated show of... 2019 um well actually game of thrones was but then you know so after (laughs) that uh i was like the witcher has to redeem the fantasy genre for me and and i've been looking forward to it so much and it it blew me away Mm -hmm. it it exceed it exceeded all the expectations that i had for it really and i know that it's more based off of the books than the games Mm -hmm. but even so rarely do video game adaptations or, or, or movie or TV adaptations of video games. Um, r- rarely do they pay off and really deliver to the fans what they want. And I've played all the Witcher games, but Witcher three in particular, I have poured hundreds of hours into this world. Um, all of the characters I'm ex- very emotionally attached to because they're just such great characters. And so to see it done so well on screen, so compellingly and so Mm -hmm. stuck perfectly to the tone and the brutality of the world and henry cavill as the as Geralt of rivia is brilliant who would have thought superman right i exactly exactly and now i i will i it will be extremely difficult for me to ever if they ever make a movie out of the witcher and they cast somebody else it will be very difficult for me to see anybody else's Geralt. They won't. If, they if it ever not. is a movie, no, if it's ever a movie, Henry Cavill's going to, yeah. This is a character Henry Cavill loves. Yeah. yeah, he did the same thing. He would sit there and play the video game and think to himself, God, this would make a great movie. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and we've, we've, we've all heard the story at this point. Yeah. When he found out Netflix had the rights to Witcher, he called his agent. I need, I need this role. He said, Henry, he said, "No, I'm serious. I call him, you know." So his agent starts calling, and then so he had called. He calls agent back. Have you heard anything? And he said, "No, I can't get in touch with him." He said, "Keep calling." So, he gets, so his agent finally got his agent finally got him on the phone. He said, "Well, you know, we just bought the rights. We just hired a showrunner. We don't even have a script yet, you know." Like, mm-hmm. and and Henry Cavill, you know, I mean, only we can pay him. And the guy's like, "It doesn't matter." <laughs> Henry. Henry yeah. Henry wants to be Geralt. He said, "Okay." He said, "Well, we'll, we'll remember." So when they got it all together, 
or you know the roles he is at that mm-hmm. point really i mean so and, and that show is everything i want it to be the first episode is a wonderful adaptation of the first witcher short story okay and okay. the way they took that the way they took the events of that episode and tied them into the larger events of the show mm-hmm. makes perfect sense i just i can't help it. i love this show and I'm going to let Andrew Marisha talk about it, I swear. <laughs> but the moment that got me, that really got me hooked, where I knew they knew what they were doing, when they introduced Yennefer. Mm-hmm. And when we first see Yennefer, I'm not convinced. that This is not, you know, I know she was a hunchback before Ooh. the transformation when she became a sorceress. Like, that's part of mm-hmm. Witcher lore. It's in the books. Mm-hmm. It's... It is what it is, but I'm sitting there going, I'm not buying it yet. When she walked into that ballroom, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she still doesn't really look the way I pictured Jennifer, except she does have the violet eyes, which are gorgeous. When she walked in that ballroom, and it was just the attitude of, I am the baddest bitch in this room, mm-hmm. and screw all of y'all, that's Jennifer. And she did it with a look. So that actress mm-hmm. has completely impressed me, and that was the moment I really knew that show was for real. Those those actors and actresses in that show nail those characters, mm-hmm. every one of them. Yeah. But I, and Andrew Marisha, y'all have also. Yeah. Well, we came before. in. We came into the Rich Witcher completely uninitiated, right? So haven't played the video games, haven't read the books, but it, so it's kind of a different perspective because obviously we're big fantasy people. Um, so yeah. just kind of coming into it as a like, okay, is this going to be a new thing we're going to be into um, was kind of, and you know, I really enjoyed it. I thought the now keeping like it, keeping track of w- the timeline. Yeah. I didn't love um, it because it's it, it took probably halfway through the show because I was like, wait a second, yep. I there these people are kids, right? They're talking to these kids, and that's clearly the guy and his sister that are going to have the baby that we've just been seeing about. Um, mm-hmm. So that was one thing that was a little jarring, I guess. Well, you start an episode and you go, "Nah, I missed something." And then they like, you know, he was, she was telling him, you know, leave, you know, Faltus, leave your sister alone. And I was like, wait a second, that's the name yeah. of the king and the sister that are the so. Right. Um, yeah. It's all that late. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. So um, it was, like I said, coming in completely uninitiated. I would have been okay if it had been a little easier to kind of piece together where it was all fitting. But by the end yeah. of it, it all, you know, it all, it all kind of made sense. Um, well, they did try to drop you some clues early on. Like they didn't make it obvious till the fourth episode, but right. <laughs> they did try to drop you some clues early on. Whenever Siri tells Calanthe, you won your first battle at 13. And then the next scene, Geralt's talking to, Renfrey and Renfrey says Queen Calanthe just won her first battle. Okay, so you know this is about 50 years in the past. They tried to drop you those clues, but I know a lot of people didn't pick up on them. Well, no. What you're talking about was an issue for a lot of you. Well, I think for for me, I really like the show, and I have two two nitpicks about it, but they're small enough nitpicks that it didn't affect the way I saw the show at all. Like, it didn't make me like the show less. I just 
because um, I think I get this from being a big Tolkien fan, because I didn't read the books and because I didn't play the video games, when I go into a, a fantasy film or, or book or anything, I it feel like it lacked some exposition on the lore mm -hmm. that we were building around. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, it's not a big deal. I'll go pick the books up and, you know, I'll catch myself up. It, I, I do see how it would help a book reader, especially me being one of them, that it did kind of help knowing when the events I was seeing took place in the timeline of the books. Well, not just yeah. that, but like some, a little bit of like, a little bit of world building, I guess. It's like, cause we were just thrown into this world and, and which was yeah. fine. But for somebody who hasn't read through the books or played the video games, you're going, you don't really understand just like you're going, okay, so these are immortals like, and you're having to kind of piece together the lore of the world that you're thrown into as you go. And I don't it's know a, that you ever, I mean, watched it all, loved it all, but get to the end and go, I still don't know if I really understand the world that we're in here. Yeah. I still have no idea where these countries are in relation to each other. No. And, and what, who most of these people even are, honestly, I still, mm -hmm. I, like I said, I've played hundreds of hours of the games and I still had the same problem following it, but mm -hmm. it, 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 I was able to realize I was able to trust the show, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, and be like, okay, it's gonna make enough sense soon enough. Right. They've proven they know what they're doing. I'm gonna go with it and be okay with it. Yeah. But it did take a bit. I, I see exactly what you're saying. It's hard to get into the world. It's a very weird. It's a very weird world. Yeah, it is. And I felt like we got a really good explanation for, like, okay, like pretty early on, we got a pretty good idea of who, who, what witchers are and how they work. You know, we got a lot of information kind of related to that yeah. pretty early on, but a lot of the like, you know, okay, so exactly what are the sorcerers do? Right. We, what we, are the we, we, we're in a world where magic exists, but what exactly is magic in this world? Right. Um, you know, like it, for, it took me a while to realize that he was shooting back some kind of potions before he was going into battle. Cause I was like, so where is eyes? Is it like, does he have some kind of blood rage that he's going into? Is that why his eyes are looking funny? You know? So a couple of things like that yeah, took a right. while where obviously if you play the video games. I'm sure you'd be like, you would instantly know, okay, well that's, you know, that's what's going on. Um, but some things I think they may be assumed Maybe I kind of assumed that it was going to be obvious, and some things I got to the end, and I was mm -hmm. like, I still don't understand this. Um, so hopefully, as it continues, we'll get more. Because um, I'm certainly not going to go play the video games. I'm more likely to go read the books. No, but um, I intend to read the books before before we get more. Yeah. Um, but I hope for those people, because there are a lot of people who just aren't ever going to go read the books, that they continue to kind of fill out information about how it all works and how it all fits together, um, just as far as how the society works, how the world works, you know, all of that mm -hmm. good stuff. And give us a map, please. A map, yes. So, and you get, you get more of that in the later books. Mm -hmm. The first two books are collections of short stories. Right. As far as all of the relationships between the different countries and what's going on and why Nilfgaard wants Siri and why, well, really in the books, it's a bunch of people 
looking for Siri. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll get that in seasons, in the upcoming seasons, we'll get more of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that kind of comes later in the books because we don't get Yennefer till about three quarters of the way through the first book, and we don't get Siri until the end of the second book. Okay. So it's hard to tell the main body of what the Witcher is about without those two characters. Right. Um, and I really do think that for the purposes of introducing these characters and who they are and what they mean to Geralt and what they mean to this world, right. the way they did it makes sense. You know, if we made a page by page adaptation, right. you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have any of the four central characters except for Geralt and Yaskier in this season. That would have been it. Why wasn't he called Dandelion? I, well, because in the Polish translation, his name is Yaskier. Yaskier oh, translates to that, and and you know it sounds better than Dandelion or Dandelion. It it, it makes it's it's the Polish version of the word. That's what it is in the original translation. It's fine. Okay. Okay. So that stupid song, it, y'all, always got something stuck in my head, and for about a week. That was it. Uh-huh. I just, Me I too. like, I, I like, I, it's like I dreamed about that stupid song. It just, <laughs> it drove me nuts. I've been really impressed with that show, the cast. It's, it was like I said, it was exactly the show I wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, and I had almost, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into lock and key by saying this. I was almost gonna cancel my Netflix subscription. <laughs> there nothing. There was nothing on there interesting me. Until Witcher came out, and I hung on to Netflix to rewatch Witcher just long enough for Lock and Key to drop. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm the only person talking right now <laughs> who has seen Lock and Key. Y'all need to go watch it. And Lock and Key is based on a uh, comic book series written by Joe Hill. And for anybody who doesn't know, Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. No, really. Um, uses the name Joe Hill because he didn't want to ride his daddy's coattails. Right. Um, and he absolutely earned his acclaim on his own right. He's a he's a wonderful writer. Lock and Key is a wonderful comic book series. And I don't want to go into the show too much because none of y'all have seen it. And it has only been out for about a week. So, you know, we don't want any, any real spoilers yet. But just the synopsis of it, the Locke family, their father is killed in Seattle. Their mother moves them to the family estate in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And the place is called Key House. Locke, Key, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a pun. They call their house Key House. Well, Mm -hmm. there's another reason they call it Key House. This house is full of these magic keys, and the kids start finding them. And I say kids, two of them are teenagers. One of them is about eight, nine years old. Um, but they start finding these keys. One okay. of them accidentally accidentally releases a demon, which is trapped on the grounds. Oops. That's never also, good. Right. Who's also after these keys. And... There's a lot of mythology behind where the keys came from, who created them, what they're actually made of. And there is a little Easter egg at the end of the series that'll give you a clue to where these keys came from. They haven't revealed it yet. So I'm sure we'll get into that hopefully in season two. Uh, 
and on the surface, it looks like a really simple story when you start watching it. It gets deeper, and there's a lot going on. And I was really impressed with Lock and Key also. So Awesome. I'm just going to recommend everybody, if you haven't watched Lock and Key yet, go on Netflix right now and start it. I watched that whole series in a day. How many episodes? Uh, it's 10. 10 episodes. Okay. 10 episodes. That's doable. And we should be able to get that done in a week. Basically, I stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning one morning. I was that into it. I will tell you, I enjoy Witcher more. Witcher's a better mm-hmm. show. Uh-huh. I like Witcher. But for some reason, just with the time on my hands, and I really got into that show, having Michelle there with me, who was also into it, kind of helped. And like I said, we were mm-hmm. up till like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I had to work <laughs> the next day. Oh, jeez, Daniel. <laughs> before we started recording, uh, Matt Reeves released some footage with yeah. Robert Pattinson in the Bat. Y'all saw that, huh? Yeah, we did. We did. Mm-hmm. I did. And, and Marisha, you thoughts on it, I can tell. I was initially skeptical whenever there was talk of the sparkly vampire being the new Batman. Not going to lie. Yeah. Um, and now I did see him in The King, and he killed it in The King. Um, yes, he was very king. But, yeah, I mean, it was definitely... It looks great. I mean, from yeah. where I'm sitting. <clears throat> no, I mean, I think he looks the part. Me too. Yeah. I think I think the suit is very, very different from anything we've gotten. Which is uh, good. I think. In the movie. I think it is good. I think it's very, um, it's really distinguishing itself as something new mm-hmm. and and uh, different from everything else. Um, I, I'm still figuring out how I feel about the popped collar. I like it. I think it looks cool, but I'm still figuring that out. Uh, if you look closely on his cowl, you uh-huh. can see stitches, like it's handmade. Okay. So that's interesting. And I saw a lot of stuff saying that the symbol on his chest is made out of parts from the gun yes. that killed his parents. Oh. And I was going to bring that up. That was already that was already a rumor. And if you look at it closely, you can see it. It is wow. yeah, made metal gun pieces. Yeah. Oh, I wear it on my chest as a reminder. <laughs> like that's totally something he would do, though. That is one hundred percent something Bruce Wayne, dark and edgy, brooding Bruce Wayne would do. Yeah, so I like it. I would. How do you guys think about how that symbol looks? Like that, it looks very um much like the Batman Arkham games, uh, like Arkham Knight. Right, I, I saw a lot of uh, comparisons too. I mean, I didn't mind it. I I really like. I mean, I'm. Just kind of old school on, on things like that. I mean, I like the little bit more traditional look myself, but I didn't mind it. Oh, like, uh, yeah. That's, it wasn't I like, like I saw it and went, oh, I hate that. Because sometimes that sometimes you get a yeah. trailer and you see it and you go, nope, don't like that. Right. You're right, yeah. Well, and we've had a really excellent, I mean, the, you know, Christopher Nolan batman series was was so it was fairly recent and it was very good so i think it's important that they make it different mm-hmm. a little bit you know because we don't we don't need exactly the same thing over again just 15 years later we just don't i i agree and they took a lot of steps to really um show that so it looks very different um i wish i could tell what sort of material it looks like uh 
uh, that the uh, like the cow was made out of and the mm-hmm. pop collar. Um, there's already a few edits of people like enhancing the lights, and you can actually see, you can very clearly see his eyes mm-hmm. in the cow, Ooh. and it's very reminiscent of. And the whole suit action I think about is very reminiscent of. I don't know if you guys have read it, but Batman Earth One. No. It is this. It's a, like a standalone graphic novel that takes place on this. It's an Elseworlds book, and it's about Batman. It's a bit more of a realistic take on Batman. Uh, okay. He kind of fa- he fails a lot. The first time he uses his grapple gun, it just falls apart because he like bought it on eBay. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Alfred, yeah, yeah, I know. Alfred is basically Sam Elliott, and he's like this like <laughs> old military guy with like a like a like a um a wooden leg and um i really enjoy it and one of the big things that stands out in that book is you can very clearly see his eyes in the cow which has never really been done before right a lot in the uh in the comic books and it was very reminiscent of that and the whole tone i'm getting from this from this movie is like that and i think it's a good thing because i really like that book so i hope it goes in that direction i hope i'm right yeah you've started something now now i just really want to see sam elliott as alfred i know <laughs> I know you're gonna you're gonna get Andy Circus, which was the next thing I was to move into. Actually, was some of the other casting yeah. for this Batman movie. But the, as far as the Robert Robert Pattinson and the costume goes, I do have to get used to the shape of the Batman emblem. Yeah, yeah. It, it sort of, it rubs me the wrong way for some reason. I don't know why. I think I think Pattinson looks fine in the suit. I'm not blown away. I do think mm-hmm. he's gonna be a good Batman. Robert Pattinson has got the chops to, to pull pull off whatever he wants to. We've seen actors go through physical transformations before. These people have gotten really good, and these trainers that are around mm-hmm. Hollywood are really good. Oh, yeah. That if an actor wants to take it seriously, they can make him look however he needs to look. And yeah. I think I think he's going to pull it off. Like I said, I, w- I wasn't blown away by him in the suit. I think he pulls it off fine. Yeah. Um, but I am looking forward to that movie. Me too, and, very much. <laughs> Right. Uh, I think that Robert Pattinson's going to be great. Uh, I think the suit uh, is very different, and it has me excited. It's not what I expected at all. Like it's really kind of come out of left field for me with what I expected the suit to be like. Um, but I, I like that uh, actually. It, 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 something about this feels really good. Yeah, I I I, I think it's going to be good. But what do we think about some of the cast? I mean, like I said, Andy Circus. Uh, as Pennyworth and you know Jeff, the one that really got me is Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. But if you've seen Westworld, you know Jeffrey Wright. It was a surprising casting, but I uh-huh. think he's got the bearing for it. I don't know if if y'all have looked at any of that very much, but no. if anybody's got any thoughts on the rest of this cast, um, I was trying to remember who else was added. I'm I'm fully on board with Andy Serkis. He he, you know. He generally just falls into whatever role they put that he's put in and pulls it off pretty convincingly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, he, he is a people overlook him as an actor because he's done so much mocap. Yeah. But he really is a brilliant right. actor. He really is. Yeah. Well, it's mm-hmm. his, but the, mo, the stuff he does mocap is brilliant too. I mean, right. I, I still think he should have been, a serious contender to win an Oscar for one of the player of the ace movies. Yep. Yeah. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So, Paul Dano as Riddler. Uh, and Paul Dano is one of these guys that always kind of hangs around. And when he's in something, you're impressed. 
Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and he's always playing these weird kind of guys, you know, awkward sort of people, which sort of fits Riddler to me. That's what Riddler's always been. It's kind of a an outcast. outcast. The guy who never quite fit in. Yeah. So that was mm-hmm. to me too. The only oh. thing that I've seen him in was War and Peace. I bet I'm the only mm, person yeah. here who's seen that. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, you are. Um, there's also uh, Colin Farrell as a penguin. Oh, I didn't. I, now, see, I hadn't heard any of this. This is all news to mm-hmm. me. Uh, yeah, Colin Farrell's going to be penguin. And I feel like there was more that was announced that I can't quite put my finger on. But uh, I, I, I kind of I like the idea of Colin Farrell's penguin. Um, it, it, it feels very like a lot of this movie, just like the bad suit. It feels very different. And and something we've never really seen before, but still in a very good way, in a familiar enough way. Right. It's really it's really um, walking that line of being something brand new while also um, staying on the side of this is still very much Batman. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's what you got to do if you're going to keep bringing a character back in you know, new new iterations of a character. You've got to somehow make it fresh. But that one will. That one's going to be interesting. So, but the uh, we, we got some Marvel news we need to hit too, uh, just to kind of lump all these together. Just sort of some some of the stuff that's happening in Marvel lately. During the Super Bowl, we had some, we had some trailers, quick little, uh, just flashes of images from the Disney Plus shows. Uh, we also got a new Black Widow trailer. Uh, there's been news recently of Sam Raimi directing the next Doctor Strange movie and Emily Blunt is in talks from Marvel. I know we've all got some thoughts on that one, but I kind of thought if we could sort of hit all these, uh, some of the stuff going on in in the world of Marvel, if if Dave has got any thoughts on that. After Spider-Man Far From Home, I I truly kind of lost some excitement because it it felt like the end to me. Endgame was a very good ending to uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it felt like the end, but then we got these announcements, and I knew Eternals was coming, and I wasn't really feeling that. You uh, and everybody have, else, I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Thank you. We have these Disney Plus shows coming. Right. And unlike the Netflix shows, which are still brilliant and I love them, it makes me, it breaks my heart that we might never see Charlie Cox Daredevil again. But um, <sighs> right. they are truly like all in on these Disney Plus shows. Yeah. Um, like these are, these are important. They are big. They are very much a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I was excited already for everything they were doing there. And that trailer, what is it, like a minute long total? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Not not very. Yeah, I think it's a little over. I think it's close to a minute and a half, but it's split between three properties, so it goes real fast. Yeah. It has gotten me very excited for everything. Even like WandaVision. I wasn't really feeling WandaVision. I am beyond excited for WandaVision now because... You want to get excited for WandaVision, go read the Vision miniseries. I have read the Vision miniseries, yes, by, okay. uh, by Tom King. Tom King. Yeah, Tom King, yes. It is dark and weird and twisted, but set in this... this it's trying to make a suburban version. life. Right, the suburban yeah. life, and, and it's obvious that's kind of what Scarlet Witch here is doing. And uh, the references to the classic sitcoms are like... And okay. one of, and like the, that little shot where her hair's big and uh-huh. uh, it's black and white vision residence and then uh, 
you get that shot of her with her classic comic book right. costume. Oh, all the Just, cosplayers are losing their mind, y'all. I know, I know. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen cosplayers at Comic-Cons in better versions of that outfit. I'm not going to lie, but it is, no, no, it is cool to right. see her in some version of it. And it's obviously just like a, it's probably like a Halloween costume. Oh, I, I, yeah. I absolutely think that it's a Halloween costume. Yeah. Cause she has like the, the, the cape tied around her. Mm-hmm. Like you can see where it's tied, but still just very cool little nods. And it just, it looks really fun. Yeah. And it looks like somebody, it looks like somebody had an idea and said, I want to make this. It doesn't look like Marvel came and said, we have to do this, so make it work. It's looked like, like a like a creative person said, I want to do something with Wanda and the Vision. Here's my idea. Let's make it happen. And, and that's what they did. And the other shows are great, too. Falcon and Winter Soldier we saw a good bit of. And yeah. um, that has me very interested of, of, like, oh, crap. Okay, they gave the S.H.I.E.L.D., to U.S. agents, so are they going to play up the whole, are they going to bring politics into it and maybe do a whole, like, oh, America's not ready for a black Captain America, and then Sam has to fight back and get the shield back and and, and prove himself for them. Like, how deep are they going to go, and how serious and real are they going to go with the show? Right. Um, which has me very excited to see. And also, just a little glimpse, with Loki had, like, one scene. Yeah. Uh, and it was the best thing in that dadgum trailer. <laughs> going to burn this, burn place, this to place to the ground. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Hey, no, the really cool thing is, this Loki in this show is the one who grabbed the cube yeah. and jumped. Yes. During yeah. the original Evil. Avengers movie in Endgame. This is before his redemption arc. Evil son of a gun. Over again. So just, yes. This is Evil Loki. Uh, and at first, I Love didn't like Tom that Middleton. because I loved Loki's character development. But as I thought about it, I'm happy with where that character ends. He's so, I know, but I'm, yeah, but I'm happy where that character ends. I'm happy that character's mm-hmm. story is over and done. Like, I, I, I like yeah. that, that original Well, it's Loki. like at some point, where do you go with Loki? Yeah. Uh, after you've, like, tr- you know, turned him into a good guy. It's, it's way better not knowing what he's going to do. Uh-huh. You're right. Well, it's it's yeah, way better when he's the wild card and he may do the right thing and he may not. Mm-hmm. But even up to the moment of his death, you still had that feeling. You're like, he Ooh. still felt like a wild card. Yeah. Entirely sure where he was going with that whole, how does yeah. he get him out of this shit? Like he might actually <laughs> give Thanos the cube and turn the Thanos aside just to get him out of this shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. you sort of have that whole thing because this is in his personality. Yeah. And, and, that was the, that was one thing always consistent about him. But he was a villain for the first few movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a few things that always anchored him. His love for his mother was mm-hmm. always there. They never wavered on that. Uh, the fact that, yes, he resented Thor. But I fully believe when that character says he never intended for Odin to banish Thor. I really do think he was just trying to screw up Thor's day. Like, you know, they, yeah. that was sort of... Well, he's a god of mischief. A god of mischief, exactly. He's out to cause now, trouble. Yeah. But now we get to see, you know, who's to say he can't go through his redemption arc, arc again. So now we get to watch Loki before his redemption arc, knowing that that's in him somewhere. And you get to sit there in a show and root for him to do the right thing when right. he may mm-hmm. not. And that makes that show interesting. Yeah. yeah and, and, you get but to, and you get to still have that great character development that happened over there. And Tom yeah. Hiddleston is beautiful. <laughs> I'm just I mean the real takeaway from this trailer. The real takeaway from this trailer is that right there. We had a uh, 
we've had a Black Widow trailer too, though, and I have yeah. really been digging oh, Black Widow yeah. trailers. Florence Pugh looks fantastic in these trailers, yeah. and I'm really, really intrigued by that character. And we get to see Rachel Ice again, and oh, yeah. David Harbour at Red Guardian, and Red Guardian is right. one of the most least interesting characters <laughs> ever. <laughs> David Harbour. So, I mean, and just sort of the way he's high, it still fits. It looks like he's having a lot of fun. And we've talked before, that's the trick to these superhero movies. Yeah, for the actors and actresses, it's going to feel absurd while you're doing it. Just have fun with it. Yeah. And, and, and those traders look like everybody in that cast is just having a blast. Yeah. So, I am... A movie I was not really interested in before the trailers that now I'm really excited for. It's one that I've been saying, yes, make a Black Widow movie for a long time. But I was just like, I, there was still part of me. It was like, I just hope they find the story to make it good. Yeah. And I've gotten more and more excited for it every time I see a trailer. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see it or not, but they should make it. Like, that's kind of where we all were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was one of those things. It was like, okay, she she's paid her dues. Like, make the freaking movie already. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, and I'm gonna go see it. Ago, honestly, because I've got two two little girls that are not gonna not see a Black Widow movie. But you know, right. I, I wasn't. I was kind of with Andrew. Is like, I mean, I really hope that they, I hope that they do it well. Was kind of, but I was a little apprehensive um, about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because you just you it. She, She's been doing Black Widow for so long. It's like the the woman deserves to have her movie be good. Uh, one of the things in the Black Widow movie, I was hoping we would see that I now I'm pretty sure we're not. I did want to see Jeremy Renner in it. Like I would like to yeah. see. And but this is going to be after she's a member of Shield and she has to go back. So we're not really going to get to see how Hawkeye found her and saved her and right you know oh, well, well, they this, is, flashbacks. this is taking place while she's on the run right after civil uh, yeah. war after civil war yeah but no i was i've, I've been really digging those trailers there yeah, that's a good that's a good word for it i mean you know they, they try to throw so you can tell from the trailer they tried to throw some spider-man reference in there um and the mm-hmm. poster they used is from the is it from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies? It is from the PS4 video game. But oh, okay. whenever you're wearing the skin from the Sam Raimi movies. Gotcha. Okay. Which is very weird, but I read that it's something to do with license licensing or whatever where they but it's Sony. I don't I don't know, man. <laughs> For some reason they had to do that. Maybe they were just lazy and just took the screenshot and put it there. Maybe it was like a last-minute thing. I think it has to do with that's an image Sony owns. They don't have to give Marvel any money for. That's a good. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That, that's a yeah, good point. That's probably true. So it's uh, so but, weird looking. Yeah, it looks so out of place, and it's because it's from a video game, like straight up. Like oh, I saw it. The, to me, the whole movie, the trailer is kind of. Oh, weird yeah. looking. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm having a little trouble getting excited about it, to be honest. Um, but <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I'll see it or I'll at least watch it when it comes out. <laughs> when it comes out yeah, on disc I, or goes to a streaming I service. Do, but I do expect this version of Morbius to be better than the '90s cartoon version of Morbius. Whenever instead of 
having fangs. <laughs> he had suction cups on his hands because you can't oh. let him bite people. And he had on a plasma. <laughs> he had plasma. plasma. Wow. Which, that that Spider-Man cartoon is really good. I'm not making fun of it, but they, you know, they had to make some tweets because you can't have yeah, you can't have Morbius doing Morbius things in a kid's cartoon show. You can have him do it in a kid's comic book, apparently, but not right. in the deep. Not you know what? The idea of somebody taking their hands with suction cups and grabbing me and sucking out my plasma is more terrifying than just getting bit in the neck. Yeah. To, to me. It's, it's, it's not better. I just, I, I have, I've seen that show many, many times, and I have vivid memories of being absolutely terrified and confused by Morbius. So it didn't help. They <laughs> it might as well have just let him bite. Okay. <laughs> they didn't succeed in what they were trying to do. Yeah. But, but you know, that's Jared Leto, which hopefully is a redeeming role for Jared Leto, because I do actually like the guy as an actor. Kind of a segue into that. Cause we did mention Sam Raimi just now with this Spider-Man movies. What do we think? About him directing the next Doctor Strange. I yes. am beyond excited to have Sam Raimi doing a superhero movie again. And if it's not Spider-Man, why not Doctor Strange? I think it's a great hey, fit. Um, he, he, he has a one steep creation of the other. Yeah, I mean, with Raimi, you're going to get a great blend. He can do horror. He can do comedy. Um, you're going to get a really great, interesting blend. Um, I just like, I like Raimi's style. Uh, the first two Spider-Man movies, I would still argue that Spider-Man 2 is not just the still the best Spider-Man movie ever, but one of the best comic book movies ever. Yeah. I agree. Um, you know, I don't know what happened on three. You know, that was just a, a big mess. From Too the get go, and uh, it was just creative genius happened on three, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, yeah. um, to force Venom into that movie, and it was not a good idea. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Raimi fan. I'm also excited for uh, the I, inevitable. Well, the inevitable cameo. with Sam Raimi doing Doctor Strange is that Bruce Campbell is going to show up somewhere in that movie. <laughs> Yes, and so I actually wanted to pose the question: uh, like, you know, Bruce Campbell's going to show up, so why not just give Bruce Campbell an actual role instead of a A just show up in a bit part? Well, I'm going to tell you who Bruce Campbell. We've already though introduced the character, and we already have a fantastic actor portraying him. But you could have taken Baron Mordo in an entirely different direction and had him just be crazy. Oh my camp. gosh. And that would have been <laughs> magnificent. I don't know who. Uh, I mean, because I think about it, and if you think head? about this, if Doctor Strange had been made, if the MCU were set in the 90s, like mm. Bruce Campbell would have been a fantastic Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unique. Okay, I like Bruce Campbell. But, uh, <laughs> no, it'd be a very uh, different version of, of Doctor Strange than we got. But you can't tell me it would be totally unlike some of the comic book versions of Doctor Strange. Well, Doctor Strange was always kind of... Weird? Strange? The comic book was, but not necessarily the character. Uh, right. The character was always pretty 
you know, straightforward. Straightforward, straight yeah. Uh, He's a straight man, and the doctor. The, the weirdness came from Steve Ditko's art and that man's imagination and just the 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 way he would draw these landscapes for lack of a better word for all these different worlds dr strange would visit was Mm -hmm. just out of this world and you got to remember the heyday of dr strange was in the 70s so we're talking about (laughs) college kids tripping on lsd reading this comic book and I, I, I'm not joking. Like that's what they, yeah. that was the counterculture of the late sixties and seventies. Right. It's the generation that was drawn to Dr. Strange. Yeah. Just because, funny. you know, and I, I do think like I, I keep, but I am a comic book geek. So I tie these things back to the comic book origins. It opens up some things. What I think could be interesting creativity wise because sam raimi was a steve Juck, steve ditko nut mm-hmm. that's what okay. drew him to spider-man originally and he, he's he's admitted ditko was an influence on him creatively throughout his career interesting uh yeah so yeah, i don't know it for a fact but i would assume i would assume pretty obviously that raimi was a fan of Doctor Strange in its heyday in the late sixties and the seventies. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see what it's gonna be interesting to see what he does with it. The first Doctor Strange already is a extremely interesting movie visually. Mm-hmm. The effects uh-huh. in that movie are mind bending. Yep. And with Raimi, I think being so familiar with Ditko's visuals, I'm just Beyond excited to see what this movie looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Emily Blunt is rumored currently to be in talks with Marvel for a role, and we all know what we want. Well, I so, know what I want Spider- because I said it on our on Coruscant Radio Underground like a year ago that I want John Krasinski mm-hmm. to play Reed Richards and Emily Blunt to play Sue Storm. You and every other fan in the world. <laughs> I mean, like, it's what a missed Do opportunity. We, I mean, John Krasinski is on my short list, like, of people I really want in the MCU. He he ju- he he was up. He was second up for Captain America. He was second up for Star Lord. Like, give the man a role, please. Yeah. Now, first of all, they got those two roles right. They did, but right, I like, still think he could have pulled off caps. I can't. I can't really see him as Star-Lord, but I think he could have done Cap. I agree. No. I remember us talking about Star-Lord, actually, when they cast the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and you were like, Chris Pratt? I said, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. (laughs) I do what? I'm like, telling you, I know which version of Star-Lord they're going to do, and Chris Pratt is it. They ripped him off the page. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, so do we think that Emily Blunt now being in talks that maybe our dreams are going to come true is the next is the next piece of news that John Krasinski is in talks and we'll get the casting we want for the Fantastic Four film. I think there's a good shot, I uh, think there is too, especially with so Krasinski having been on the short list twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it means it means well, they're well, looking well, for a place to put him. It, Emily Blunt was was the first choice for Black Widow and she had to back out. For yeah. the obligations. And right. Captain Marvel, I think. Huh. I didn't know that. I think she was on the short list for Cap. I remember hearing that she was uh, 
on the short list for Captain Marvel as well. I should have been a fantastic a Captain Marvel. Thing. I think that was more of a fan thing. I oh, don't okay. think that there was, was a fan thing. thing. There was a whole bunch of fan art of her as uh, Captain Marvel. I don't know if that was based on any casting rumors or what, but there was definitely a whole bunch of that. I just remember that being a thing, but um, I I hope so. It's kind of weird that we're hearing about like Emily Blunt is in talks, but not John Krasinski. So it'd be weird if they announced that she's invisible. It'd be just a weird kind of order. Cause I would imagine all of them being announced at the same time. Yeah. I, but, yeah. And I think they'll announce them all at the same time. I think the thing, when you look at them, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, I love John Krasinski and, and everything he's done pretty much. He's, he's a really underrated actor, but he's nowhere near like as far as his level of fame. Like he's just not up there with, Emily Blunt. That's a good point. She's a much bigger scoop for a reporter getting a rumor. Yeah. You That's are true. correct. But I'm, I don't want to get my hopes up because whenever David Harbour was in talks, I was like, oh my God, is he going to be the thing? Please, can hmm. David Harbour be Ben Grimm the thing? That would be amazing. And he's Red Guardian. And we'll he's Red Guardian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's why I don't want to get too excited. But, um, we, I, I would love to see that, but who who else could Emily Blunt potentially show up as? We uh, we have a there's a lot of movies that are being announced. Could could Emily Blunt be She Hulk? Uh, you know that's a, a a show coming up, or could she have a role in, in one of the other many announced movies? Potentially, hmm. she she could, but I don't know. I I do think the Invisible Woman is the most likely role i agree so i've got my hopes up for that one could she be an x-men i don't know what x-men she'd play though no dire hair red leonard b jean gray i'd go for that too i'd I'd be okay with that yeah maybe um so did y'all hear the rumors that they may be introducing rogue as a villain in the second captain marvel movie I did, and I I don't believe it. I don't think that's going to happen at all. Because Rogue famously uh, likes to take Captain Marvel's powers and and use them as her own. Okay. Yep. I don't. I don't think that that's how we're going to introduce X Men into this universe. Thing. I just don't. And we have new mutants coming, and new mutants mm-hmm. now. In one of the press releases, they did use the verbiage. That it was a new, how do they put it? An exciting new addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that's got people hoping that it will be part of the MCU, that they're going to make it fit into the MCU now. Uh, Even though, of course, we know that movie was originally actually completely and totally shot and produced under the Fox banner and had no connection to the MCU. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they can they can shoehorn it in at this point, right? Um, so they you know they can make it fit. I do think if they do that, then that's a viable way to introduce the idea of mutants into the world. Um, there's there's a scene in the last trailer of her saying, "Do any of you know what mutants are?" Well, if that's set, if that's still part of the old Fox universe, yeah, everybody knew what mutants were. You know what I mean? Sorry. Mm-hmm. So if we um, introduce the idea of mutants in this movie, I think they could use that to make it fit into the MCU. Right. I think that's 
Bob introduced mutants. And as far as introducing the main X-Men characters themselves, I don't think having Rogue show up in a small role in a Captain Marvel movie is going to be it. I don't, I don't think that's where that's coming from. I agree. And I hope not. And I kind of hope that the new mutants isn't part of the MCU because I want the MCU to be able to introduce the X-Men on their own terms. Well, but that's what I'm saying though, David, there's a difference between introducing the characters we know as the X-Men and simply introducing the idea of mutants. I think the new mutants movie can be used to introduce that idea and then later on, you when you introduce Professor Xavier and Cyclops, Jean Grey and Wolverine, that can be done later in another way. We can still introduce the idea of mutants in New Mutants. I think it's two. I think it can be two separate things. So, when is New Mutants coming out? April the third. April the th- wow, soon. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna. Uh, I, I really do expect the marketing for this to really ramp up here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Because one thing, Marvel will not. They they don't skimp on marketing their films. No. And they've got no reason not to be a success. Yeah, to them, basically, it's a free movie. Fox already spent the money to make it. You know yeah. what I mean? But well, and time, if they don't, got nothing to lose and everything to gain for it being successful. Right. right, but at the same time, like if you don't, although theoretically Disney purchased the cost of creating this movie, but um, you know it's one of those things. Like if the marketing doesn't pick up, then probably don't assume that it's going to be part of the MCU. Yeah, if they're going to work that it into the MCU, then the marketing is going to blow up. That is that is a fair statement. If they just like kind of silently just let it go, then you know it is what it is. But but Mm -hmm. I, I think and I expect that they are going to market this movie properly and heavily, regardless of whether it's going to be part of the MCU. Yeah, they got nothing to lose by doing it. No, they don't. And everything to gain if it works. Yeah. But something I have noticed is that, and I don't think this is necessarily a, a real problem, but it's a problem that studios seem to always bring up and have that I don't think is actually relevant. They're always so scared that audiences are going to get confused. <laughs> but what? How was, a, how was a mutant in this one if, if Logan ended the whole saga? What? But, but, the, but I, I just saw Black Widow, and why is that character in it? What? Yeah, I mean, there, that is the thing. But I still know, I know people that don't understand where Rogue One fits in to Star Wars. <laughs> they don't, I, I see your but point. here's the thing. Here's the thing. They don't understand because they don't care enough to understand. Exactly. If that's the case, then they don't need to understand. You know, right? You know what I'm saying? If you're casual enough fan, then whatever. They still enjoyed the movie. They still paid the money to go see it. Everybody's happy. Yeah, Yeah, but it's it's still like a thing. Not that hard to figure out if you want to know. That's true. You are very much correct. But I've still had people text me before and say, hey, so. How does the TV show Gotham lead up to the Dark Knight? I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's Batman, so they must oh. be the same thing. And I'm like, no. It's still a thing that gets people somehow. But you're right. If, if they really 
don't if 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 they care enough to come and find out about the information they can find out the point (laughs) being that back in the dark ages you just had to speculate on how everything fits together Mm -hmm. now you like ask your mom or something right (laughs) and they were you know people would be like oh i heard this and then you had to like try and find the magazine right i mean i mean i got the star wars insider right so Uh, wizard magazine right so there were sources but you had to get up and go find them (laughs) Now you just yeah. have to be say, hey, Google. It's real easy to get info. Like you said, if you care even a little bit, that information is easily had. You're right. But companies are still <laughs> always so worried because yeah. the majority of their money is going to come from casual fans. Well, I mean, I, th- I think part of that just comes from there are people that have jobs with those with those studios whose sole job it is to worry about the money for the the tens of people for the tens of people out there listening yes if you were wondering why we created this show this is it because we would be on our star wars focused show talking about tangents (laughs) about all this stuff (laughs) yeah so now we don't have to do tangents on the star wars show we just write them down when we come to them on tuesday and fill in the blanks on thursday that's right (laughs) perfect but one of our, what we hope is going to be a main repeating feature on this show is going to be, of course, Star Trek, which yes. is the foundation is the foundation of why we have most of the stuff that we can talk about. And it's still relevant today, 50 years later. So Picard just uh, started. Right. Yes. Picard just started. And as, as big a Star Trek fan as I grew up, I could never get my child into it until recently. So Shame, David, shame. We had a bell. I'm sorry. <laughs> New viewer of Star Trek. I've made a lot of mistakes, and this is what I'm correcting. <laughs> Good job. This we're going to do. David, and I would like to get Marisha involved in this also if she yes. wants to, as New viewers to the movies of Star Trek, Marisha, I know you did watch the TV shows when you were growing up, so you've got a little more background than David. What we're going to do is every week they're going to watch one of the Star Trek movies. This will take us nine or ten weeks, and I'm going to get their opinions on these Star Trek films as first-time viewers. So David and I here, it's been a couple months now uh, for the 40th anniversary of Star Trek The Motion Picture they re-released it at one of the local theaters here, and we got to go see it. Uh, and it was David's first time seeing it. Mm-hmm. So, just to jump right into it, David, your thoughts on Star Trek The Motion Picture. So, I had seen very little Star Trek going into this movie, and I was really only kind of going because my dad wanted me to go with him, and I would get like a free dinner out of it. Right. And so, uh, <laughs> Why, we why go, young adults do things? One hundred percent. That is exactly true. So I can not eat ramen for a night, which funny enough, we went to a, a ramen restaurant and ate ramen. But anyway, we go to this movie and I I love film. I love filmmaking and I've tried to get into it and really understand the history of it and how the process of it. And, and um, when this movie first starts, the first thing that stands out to me is, oh, those are model ships being flown over a black thing with the string that's being filmed to make this shot happen that's so cool and oh wait i forgot to say something before we went in my dad said to me by the way this isn't the best star trek movie i was like okay (laughs) way to sell it daniel yeah that's important for later being honest yeah that's important for later so we're watching this movie and i'm instantly just mesmerized 
by the visuals and the practical effects that they're using to create this movie. And before they played the movie, they played this little documentary that was about the making of it. Uh-huh. And so going understanding the the fact that to get this movie made, it truly was just a group of passionate people pulling together duct tape and and anything they could find to make this happen. Yeah. And I was mesmerized the whole time. The acting blew me away. I was sucked into the characters, as dramatic as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the amount of times that Captain Kirk stares off into the distance is hilarious, but it just captures me every time, and it kept me super invested, in it, and I loved everything about the story and the plot and the actors. And about halfway through the movie, I looked over at my dad and I said, you're telling me there are better Star Trek movies than this? Like, this is incredible. And I absolutely loved it. Not a single punch was thrown. Nobody shot uh, lasers at somebody. And there were disagreements amongst the heroes. But you know what? Nobody fought the heroes. And it's really nice to see a movie where the good guys aren't fighting each other. Yeah. Um, because that's a very common thing right around now is that yeah. they're always punching each other and they solve the problems with intelligence and with their heart. And I love the twist that a, that the big bad was actually a space probe that was sent out by earth right. hundreds of years ago. And it just blew me away. I mean, I, my dad can tell you when that happened, I looked at him just like jaw dropped. Like that is brilliant. Like so much thought and intelligence went into creating this script and this story and so many beautiful little moments about character and people and growing as a person and accepting each other and working together. And when Spock comes back and everyone's like, Oh my God. And you just, you instantly, even at not watching all of the show, you feel all of that history Uh hit you all at one point. And it's like watching a play. That's how I described it. Because I, I've been in plays, I've written and published plays, so I know uh, about playwriting and getting to, and I've seen many of them on stage. And and watching this movie was like watching a stage production of the movie was carried by the actors having to sell this crazy thing that was happening, and they sold it brilliantly, and it sucked me in, and I absolutely loved Star Trek: The Motion Picture. David is a fan, but you you made some pretty interesting observations about the relationship between Kirk and Spock and McCoy. You mm-hmm. remember that? Yeah, I do. And and the way there's that there's that scene where the three of them are up in the captain's quarters and they're talking and Spock has, you know, he's he's gone through this big ritual about logic and, and becoming truly logical and and losing all of his emotion, but then he meets up with these two people who who love him dearly and that he loves back and just the the confusion on McCoy and Kirk's face as to why Spock is not as excited as they are and trying to understand him but the love is still very much there and i love the relationship between them McCoy is incredible because Kirk brings him back the relationship between Kirk and McCoy in this movie was great because <laughs> Kirk has to bring him back yeah and is like and McCoy's like, what do you need me for? You already have a doctor. I'm an old man. I'm retired. And Kirk's like, I, I don't need you to be a doctor. I need you to 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 be here for me. I need you as right. my as my moral compass. Cause McCoy is very much Kirk's heart, and Spock is Kirk's brain. 
and all together they make this. And Kirk is Kirk's crew emotion. <laughs> right, right. Kirk is just That's Kirk it. is a little mix of them all, and he needs the and it's all balanced perfectly. And 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 right. the character Kirk's there to balance them out. Right, and the character of Kirk is so amazing because he's he's confident. He's the Captain Kirk, but maybe he's getting a little old, and right. maybe he shouldn't be the captain anymore. Because he doesn't know everything like he thinks he does, and he doesn't know exactly how to handle that. And but he's but he still has to stay true to himself because there is a reason that he's such a big deal. Maybe he has to learn to listen to Decker, the new guy who was going to be the captain of the ship before Kirk came back on. And he and, and McCoy's there to help him understand that, and and to see the the struggle that Kirk goes through with himself of being this confident captain and having to balance that with some humility and learning to accept Decker's help and to understand that he might not know everything all the time. Well, I mean, that's an important, you know, I think it's important to see characters, especially when you come back to them later, if they're exactly the same as they were last time you saw them, (laughs) then that's not how people work. You know, you you need to see some, some growth and some change. And hopefully somebody isn't going to be quite as cocky whenever they're 60 as they were when they were 30. Uh, and maybe, uh-huh. hopefully, they'll be less cocky than they were when they were 15, you know? Hopefully, mm-hmm. we kind of grow and learn and become a little more who we're going to be, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. And you see all the characters go through that. and They're all different. They haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah. And they're all different people. The love that is shared between them is still very much there. Mm-hmm. They just have to learn to ad- apply that love to the new people that they're seeing. Right. That have grown and changed over the years, which is what a great study on humans. And and you've said it many, many times, Dad, that Star Trek is a celebration of humanity. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, I was very glad you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I there, there are there are two or three other Star Trek movies that are considered to be better. This is the most Star Trek Star Trek film, I think. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But you've got Wrath of Khan, which is wide, widely considered the best of the films. Right. Star Trek VI, Undiscovered Country, is right behind that, First Contact. There are some good ones coming. I know you say you've already seen First Contact, so, but we'll, yeah. uh, most but part, though, that was the only film you saw. But not in context, right? Right, not in context. I had to kind of pick up on everything. So what are y'all going to watch for next week? Uh, I guess Wrath uh, of Khan. I would, okay. Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Wrath of okay. Khan. I just kind of wanted to make sure we're all on the same order. page because some of our tens of mm-hmm. listeners might want to watch also yes. if uh, y'all are going to talk about it next week. Yes. <laughs> right. So Wrath of Khan next week. David, I need you to find a way to watch it. Marisha? Yep. Yeah. I know you say you've seen that once, but get yourself a little refresher. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got CBS All Access now, so I think it's on there. Is yeah, it? should be. Yeah. Great. And I have a way... To get CBS All Access. So I will watch Wrath of Khan. Perfect. There you go. All right. And we shall talk about Star. I really like, I really, really do enjoy Star Trek. So now, David, you can be part of the conversation. Yeah. Doing something other than saying, yeah, yeah, I know, which is like the first couple of times I think we talked Star Trek. We were pretty much just like, <laughs> you haven't ever. Yeah. I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah. I've, I've heard of Star oh, Trek. <laughs> so there. There are things that a few of us are bigger fans of, but we all 
have a certain affection for Star Trek. I think any yes. sci-fi fan does on some level. You have to. As I remember, I, I remember growing up, there was this debate, Star, are you a Star Trek fan or a Star Wars fan? Well, God dang it, I'm both. You yeah. know? I think more like, people are probably both than that? not. They're really, exactly. you're comparing two exactly. very different things. Yeah. One, you're comparing fantasy in space to a like the most pure science fiction show ever made. Yeah. I don't know. Very different. So, unless anybody's got anything else, I think we more or less covered uh, everything we were going to talk about tonight. Yeah, so. no, I think that's a good place to wrap up for the night. I okay. And we will all catch up on Picard. Yes. Yep. I have watched some of it. The other three people on with us tonight so far have not watched it, but we'll all catch up on that and yep. cover it next week, along with Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. David's going to try to watch this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have some other things come up throughout the week. There's even a couple things on my list right now we didn't get to, so but nothing real pressing. Uh, so mm-hmm. join us next week. And uh, until then, uh, Andrew, where can people find you? Okay, you can find me running the Twitter account for the Science Fictionary at sci underscore fictionary you can find me at the sciencefictionary.com which is the home for both of our podcasts this one and coruscant radio underground if you somehow found this show first and didn't know about the other one and you can drop us a line at the sciencefictionary at gmail.com and marisha um i can be found on twitter occasionally i am p padawans because um, my princesses and my Padawans do costumes and talk about nerdy things. And also I have princesses and Padawans.com and I, there's not much up there. Um, it's mostly just there. So someday when I decide to put things on it, I can uh-huh. <laughs> also well, mostly. I'm on, uh-huh. Yeah. I'm mostly on Instagram these days. I'm princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. That's me on the internet. Right. And Marisha, I do hope you do decide to put some more stuff on Instagram. At least for people who don't know, Marisha is very talented. Uh, if you are into cosplay and things like that and what goes into making some of these costumes and ch- check out some of some of her work, it's very good. Oh, and uh, David, where, where can we find you? You guys can find me over on my YouTube channel uh, where I do podcasts like this. Similar to this every week at stay creative if you want me to write things for you you can find my fiverr at stay creative and if you want to read articles i write that are in the same vein as this kind of stuff you can find me on my vocal at david peoples awesome and do you have a twitter i was looking for you on twitter the other day i do not have an active twitter ah, okay but that also would be- i have an active instagram david.peoplestv where i oh and i have an instagram stay creative stay underscore creative dd that's where you can find uh, me that's you all right awesome and i am dan c peeps on twitter and occasionally uh of the sciencefictionary.com and hopefully some more there in the future until then have a good night <laughs>